Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, and thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They're back on your radio tomorrow at 6. Big news today out of the cricketing world. Dale Stain has failed a fitness test. He will not play in the third test against India for the Proteas. That's a huge blow. The last time the Proteas played India in Nagpur in 2010, Stain picked up a 10-wicket haul, including career best of 7.57. It was an emphatic win for the Proteas uh, that time out in innings and six runs, but he won't be playing. That test gets underway tomorrow. In some football news, according to media reports, Kaiser Chiefs defender Eric Matoho has come out unscathed following a hijacking in Swane. Matoho was driving in Attridgeville with his sister and brother when three armed men approached his car with guns. The suspects fled the scene, but his agent has confirmed the police have recovered the vehicle soon after the hijacking. Internationally, Michel Platini's attorneys confirmed that FIFA Ethics Committees requested a life ban for the UEFA president. And staying with UEFA News, uh, host of Champions League action to look forward to tonight, Arsenal need to win against Dinamo Zagreb and hope Olympiacos lose to Bayern Munich to have any chance of qualifying for the knockout stages. Other selected fixtures include Maccabi Tel Aviv hosting Chelsea, Roma are away to Barcelona and FC Porto host Dinamo Kiev. On to rugby, Todd Black has announced that he'll step down as coach of the Crusaders at the end of the 2016 season. He's spent eight years in charge of the team. In golf news, Kevin Nair has been forced to withdraw from next week's Nedbank Golf Challenge. He's picked up a back injury. The South Korean-born American will be replaced by England's Tommy Fleetwood. And finally, in boxing news, Britain's David Hay will make his return to boxing against Australia's Mark DeMori on January the 16th in London. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, uh, a gorgeous evening in Johannesburg this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, a busy week and a bit for our next guest. Uh, she won the Momentum 947 Cycle Challenge uh, just uh, over a week ago with an incredible performance and then was announced the SA Sportswoman of the Year this past Sunday at those prestigious awards and then she went on to, to make some history as uh, the first South African to finish in the top 10 of the UCI rankings, finishing the year in sixth. Ashley Mulman Pasio, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap and congratulations on all of that. Uh, it's, it's just the cherry on top of uh, a wonderful year, isn't it? Thanks, Brad. It, it is indeed very special um, to end the year off with the Sportswoman of the Year Award. Actually, let's talk about that award in particular. It's Cycling is not, let's be honest, it's not one of the mainstream sports in, in South Africa. To be nominated was a, was a massive achievement. Going into Sunday night, did you think you had a chance of, of winning? I have to be um, totally honest with you. I, I I was not super confident that I'd win the award, not because I, I'm not proud of what I've achieved and I don't think that it's noteworthy, but, you know, winning it for a second year in a row um, did come as a surprise to me. But um, it was really wonderful just to um, to win the award and, and even more special because it was um, an award in my the city that I grew up in, Bloomington, so um, a city that definitely played a huge role in, in my childhood and forming the person that I am today. So it was really just a wonderful evening and just so honoured to win it again. Actually, how nice is it to be to be recognised in front of the entire sporting fraternity in South Africa? Obviously, cycling in South Africa, understand what you achieve and, and what you're able to do, but, but it must be a great feeling doing it in front of other South African sports people and not just sports women, but it's uh, the entire sport community. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time racing abroad um, outside of South Africa and so you know it really is wonderful to realize that South Africa is watching they are noticing what I'm up to and they 
are supporting me every step of the way. And, you know, that gives extra motivation, um, especially going into a big year next year, which is an Olympic year. And um, as you said, you know, just being there, interacting with all the four stars. You know, we have some amazing talent in South Africa with Chad Duclos and Wade Van Nikak and um, all these amazing athletes. And for sure, it's great for women's sport um, to be up on the stage and acknowledged in front of all our very talented male athletes. Well, one of one of the other nominees on, on Sunday night was uh, the 2015 Two Oceans and Comrades Marathon winner, Caroline Wastman. And, and a little birdie told me that you and Caroline had a conversation on Sunday night, and, and you've committed to running Comrades some stage in your life. Is, is this true? Uh, yes, it's true. I mean, we met behind um, stage, and yeah, it was really great meeting Caroline. I really did watch um, her comrades um, win, and, and I was very inspired by um, by the way she that she won it and, and the person that she is. So it was really great chatting to her. And, you know, funny enough, um, it has always been a, a dream of mine from a small child um, to run the comrades marathon. You know, running is a sport that I also really enjoyed. Um, but now, of course, the focus has gone on to cycling, and um, that's definitely going to be the focus for the next few years. But I she told me that she rode the Momentum 947 this year. And um, so I said to her, okay, well, you know, one day I'll, I'll do the Comrades. <laughs> well, well, I have to tell you, Comrades is a bit harder than the 947, although the way you raced it, uh, I, I'm not so sure. Let's talk <laughs> about the UCI rankings for, for 2015. That's also a huge feather in your camera. See, I don't think people actually realize what you've achieved on the global stage. Yes, you've been recognized, yes, in South Africa, but that, that's huge, finishing the year that high in the rankings. You must be so proud of what you've done this year. Yeah, thanks, Brad. I am I am incredibly happy with um, the way and just completely grateful for the way this, that the year has um, panned out. It wasn't necessarily um, my goal in the beginning of the year, um, the the world ranking, but um, you know, just having performed consistently throughout the year has definitely um, you know been, allowed me to to take that big step up. And um, you know, it's great for road cycling in South Africa because um, you know it is the the first time that a South African cyclist has been um, in the top 10 world ranking of, of road cycling. So it's just showing that um, the road cycling is definitely going places. And um, the South Africans, we as South Africans, we're really making a mark um, internationally. So long may it last. And, and hopefully we see one of the men um, get up, in, climb the rankings um, very quickly in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you mentioned this is a big year, particularly with 2016 and the significance that that holds being an Olympic year. How much confidence does what's happened in 2015 to you? How much, how much do you take into 2016 knowing that this could possibly be the biggest year of your career? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful finishing off the 2015 um, year, you know, feeling that it's been a, a very successful year and having made that big jump um, up, you know, it's a, it's a great stepping stone towards uh, the Rio year and of course it adds hugely to my confidence you know so um, I'm really excited for for next year with the Olympics um, I know that the the course in Rio is a great course for me with a lot of climbing so I'm, I'm going into um, into the off season I'm really motivated to get going again um, for next season and super super um, excited to just continue to make South Africa proud Actually let's talk about that off season because uh, a lot of people think oh you just race during the calendar or, or during in the season and, and that's pretty much it but I, I follow a lot of professional cyclists and, and what they do in the off season it's this is where the groundwork's laid for your success into into 2016 what's what's on the cards for you from a from a training perspective what does it look like for Ashley Mumman Pasio? Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm taking a little break, um, and it's sort of important just to, um, 
to get away and to recharge the battery. And, you know, cycling is also a very um, a mentally tough sport, so just to take the mind off the bike for a while. Um, so I will be going to Nice soon um, just to have a little holiday with uh, family. And then, yeah, but in not too many days' time, I'm back on the bike again. And uh, it's very important, of course, to have, um, you know, to build a good foundation in, in these months, December and January, um, to be able to, you know, lay the platform for, for the following year. Well, Ashley, I want to congratulate you once again. I'm super, super proud of what you have achieved in 2015. I can't wait to see what 2016's got in store for you. We'll be following your progress closely both here uh, and and when you head back over to Europe to race and particularly at uh, the Olympic Games. We look forward to that. Have yourself a a super, super break. Have a fantastic Christmas and we look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks, Brad. To you too and look forward to chatting soon. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Don't forget, if you'd like to pop us an SMS, 34701. Those SMSs charged at one rand. I can tell you, European Tour Action moves to South Africa this week. All the players and the entire crew are at uh, Leopard Creek. It is the start of uh, the Dunhill. And uh, joining us from Malalan right now is Michael Flissmas. Michael, welcome uh, on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Nice to, nice to touch base once again. Please, good. Thank you, Brad. Good to be with you. Michael, let's look ahead to, to this week. Uh, it's always, a, I say this week, because it's actually the start of a, a bit of a run here on South African soil, the Nedbank Golf Challenge happening uh, the week after next. But uh, it's, it's a, a bit of time that the players love coming because it's, they get to play in some, some unique parts of the country. It's beautiful, and uh, the weather's generally pretty good too. Well, this week in particular is just so special from a from a worldwide golf point of view. You know, uh, Leopard Creek, the Alfred Daniel Championship, it's, it's talked about um, with with great fondness amongst all the professionals who've been here, and uh, and it really is a highlight for many of them to uh, to keep returning to this venue. It's one of the most special tournament venues in in world golf. It's just so unique on the banks of the Crocodile River, and uh, you've just got that whole bush felt. And, and wildlife feel to the week. It, it, there's such a relaxed feel to it. And, and certainly the, the South African players just absolutely lap it up. They, they, they love coming back here. It's, uh, it's a week when, you know, they've, they book little houses all over the place and, uh, and it's, it's, it's selfies at the braai and it's, you know, it's just, you know, good, good evenings with friends and things and then some good golf in, in the week. So it, this in particular is, is a real highlight coming at, at this time of the year, and as you said, it leads in to a really good stretch for us. It's uh, it's Nedbank Golf Challenge next week. Then there's the break for Christmas, and then it's the big event. It's the South African Open, the Joburg Open, Chwane Open. So uh, it really is uh, a great time for South African golf. Michael, it also signals the start of the brand new race to Dubai. Obviously, Rory McIlroy wrapped that up this past weekend. Uh, th- this one for 2016, the players like to get their, this, even though it's the end of a calendar, it's the start of a new golf year, if that makes any sense. And they like to get things off to a positive start. So it's one that they all gun to win. They're not here on holiday. That's absolutely the case. You know, it gets them a fast start to the season. And, um, and particularly next week, you know, I was, I was reading what, what Danny Willett was saying about his victory in the Medbank Golf Challenge, how that really just sets up, as you say, a really quick start to, uh, to the next season. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, such a good, good season in the sense that, you know, with, with the changes to the Medbank Golf Challenge and it, it's going to fall twice. 
in in the 2016 uh, European Tour season. It's going to be played next week and then towards the end of uh, next year with a new date in November. So uh, so it really is going to be quite exciting. But as you said, for the South African players in particular, it's uh, it's a real opportunity to take advantage of of home conditions, um, make those quick starts, especially for the guys that have just gotten their European tour cards. You know, I saw Ulrich van der Berg today, and I mean, he is still... In, you know, on cloud nine, he is, he cannot believe he's got his European tour card after all these years. And, and now he gets to start that season and make a really positive start in South Africa in conditions he's familiar with. And, and he can do so for the majority of, you know, of, of certainly the end of this year and the beginning of next year. So it, it, it really is, um, you know, a, a key time for our South African golfers to use the advantage they've been given. Let's talk about the field. Who's here? Who should we be keeping an eye on over the next four days? Well, we've got Mr. Charles Schwarzel in the field this week, and he's won this event three times. He finished second four times, and uh, and and before he got into the Nedbank Golf Challenge as a result of Ernie Els's withdrawal, um, he was really targeting this week as the opportunity to get him that 30th and final spot because the winner of this event gets the 30th and last spot into next week's Nedbank Golf Challenge. So. Uh, so, but you know, he just absolutely loves this venue. It's, it's tailor made for his game. He loves the relaxed nature of it, the bush felt. So, so he's always going to be a threat here. Louis Wurstazen hasn't ever won yet. He's finished second a couple of times, but he's never ever won yet. And he always feels the course owes him a little bit, uh, for, for that. So, uh, so he, he definitely wants to put in a good showing. Brandon Grace, with the kind of year that he's had, I mean, he's, yes, he's into his fifth consecutive week on the road. But, um, again, loves the feeling here, just loves the way the golf course sets up for him. He's looking to become only the third back-to-back winner of this event. He was last year, with his victory last year, the only player in world golf to win this and the sister championship, the Alfred Daniel Lynch Championship in Scotland. So, uh, so, But he's had such a good year and is on such a confident high. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's challenging again. And then uh, there, then you've got uh, you know your usual European tour journeymen that are out here as well. So, uh, so it's, it's always such a good mix, but but it is a week when the South Africans feel it's it's their opportunity to take advantage. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I mean, we, we've mentioned the, the 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 race to Dubai, but you mentioned that uh, last spot for the Nedbank Golf Challenge. So, 29 have announced, or 30 uh, get to play for for someone. It's uh, it's going to be a great opportunity because that tournament changes next year. Obviously, back to oh, I say back. It'll be the first time there'll be a 72 man field. So, a lot of prestige on this one, and and people want to play the the last sort of old million dollar, so to speak. Yes, it will. It, it will be huge, and and it is that opportunity just to you know it it it, it, it can be life changing for a player. You th- you think of like a Yaku Alas who who got in, a Dani Fontunda who got in at one point, and and just what it does for their confidence to be in that kind of company, and uh, and to know that they're being recognised, the fact that they've made it into that field and can compete. So uh, so yeah, that, that's going to be what's on the line this week for this uh, this week's winner. So uh, it will be it will be pretty big, as you say. It's entering a new era. It's uh, it's going to be a full European Tour event. It's going to be the, the week before the DP World Tour Championship, and it's going to be it's, it's going to be uh, not that it hasn't been in the past, but it's going to be highly competitive going forward. Just that week before the season-ending event on the race to Dubai. So uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be great to sign off uh, another past era in uh, the Nedbank Golf Challenge by making it in at that 30th and, and final spot. And I think, I must say, Brad, I think this year's field in particular 
is, is a really good one. I'm really excited by the number of young players and, uh, you know, the number of really informed players that are, that are coming, coming to Sun City. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, we've got an exciting fortnight of golf here in South Africa coming your way, and we'll be keeping you updated here on SAFM throughout the next two weeks as well. It all kicks off at Leopard Creek tomorrow. Michael Flismas, thank you very much for that. We look forward to chatting tomorrow uh, during the Alfred Dunhill Championship. Thanks for, for, the t- for your time this evening. Thanks, Brad. Look forward to it. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I can tell you that over the past cricket season, KFC Mini Cricket have been running a bit of a competition where a school could play against the Proteas. And uh, today was the day. The Proteas up against uh, the KFC kids. And I can tell you that the kids won on a super over. Both teams had 48 runs in their eight overs. And then the kids got 11 in the super over. And the Proteas got eight. Joining us now is Protea Fan Biadin Fan. How are you dealing with the loss? I'm not dealing with a loss, uh, well, at all, uh, but <laughs> it's actually cut to me a little bit deep. Ah. Well, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon in Devon, I'm a little bit cut up sitting here at the airport. Well, what a great opportunity. I mean, I played mini cricket as a kid, as I'm sure you did. I mean, these kids, this is a day these kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, KFC have come on board um, the last couple of years uh, into mini cricket, and you know, the promo and the, and the, and the competition that they've been doing has been awesome for the kids. Um, you know, it's kind of gets the communities involved. And it's cool for the Protea ladies and, the, and some of the Protea guys. You know, David Miller, Kyle Zorno and Mona from Bike was there. Um, uh, it's quite nice for us to, to, to interact with the kids, uh, to kind of bring cricket to the communities. And, um, yeah, get kind of get the kids active a little bit. Well, mini cricket and, and KFC mini cricket is, like I said, I mean, I played it, uh, I'm pretty sure you played it too, and, and if you had to do a, a straw poll on, on the entire Protea setup, there's probably one kid uh, or one Protea in there, if that, that didn't play mini cricket. It's really important for the development of the sport in this country, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, at the moment, uh, the kids are leading the Proteas 2-0 in a format series. So, <laughs> I mean, just by that stats alone, can, you can see that the coaching has been... You know, really good. I think for Neko and Gum, you know, down in uh, some of the some of the KFC mini cricket uh, in, in the in the Eastern Cape, um, and with the and and with the kids on tour around the country, um, it's obviously proved fruitful for the for the young kids, and it's vital in their development. You know, the guys are between uh, I think eight and eleven years old, and um, you know, stats them lie when you tune up in a format series. You know, they basically like they they can't lose the series at the moment. So the, the pressure's firmly on the Proteas. Have you seen... 100%. I, I mean, have, have you seen some of these kids and, and you look at... I mean, is it possible to, to look at one of these kids and go, gee, that, that's, that's a talent and, and they're going to go a long way? Is it too early to sort of start spotting real talent? Um, I think there needs to be a pool of players, really. I mean, uh, three or four, maybe five really, really good players that need to be nurtured. Uh, you know, I think that all of them are in primary school right now. I think once you once you do start getting to high school, so under 14, under 15, maybe under 16 teams, you know, then you can kind of really identify a few players and um, kind of get them to some good schools, maybe some in some university programs, um, and that could be a good stepping stone for their careers. Well, you mentioned uh, in this series, the Proteas are 2 nil down. There's another big series happening at the moment of the Proteas. they won one nil down in India. The third test starts tomorrow. Big blow for the team. Dale Staines uh, not going to play. He's still got that, that groin injury, hasn't recovered yet. Uh, the pressure is on, on that test team as well. 100%, you know. Uh, but one thing I've been that, that, that stands out uh, 
about the team and especially about the test team and the proteas over the last few years is uh, the character and the resilience uh, uh, in adversity. I know one of the spearheads, one of the number one test players in the world, Palestine, is obviously kind of didn't come through the fitness test, but um, all the other boys will be training hard and I'm sure the last uh, few days leading up to this particular test match, uh, they would have been put through their paces and um, they very, I know, definitely keen to make amends. So the press is on, but, you know, us as a nation, South Africans, and especially the Aparatia team, I'll be the character and the resilience will shine through. Just looking at that team as well, and you look at some of the big names, you mentioned Dale Stain being the number one test bowler in the world, but you look at a guy like A.B. de Villiers, and look at just the way he's been received by the crowds in India, you would think that he was he was Indian, that, that he was playing in front of a home crowd. It just says so much about the, the, the stature and the caliber of, of A.B. de Villiers as a player and as a man. Well, 100%. You know, he celebrated his 100th test match uh, in the last test match. So you guys have moved on to test match number 101. Um, he's the second biggest player in India after uh, Mahindra Singh Dhoni. So, um, it's an amazing, it's amazing how the, how the crowd receives AB. Um, but I think he's been, he, he's, he gets received like that all over the world, you know, to be fair. And, uh, what a man, a good man off the field, a good man to have on the field. I'm very glad he, I'm back with him and not against him. <laughs> I don't play against him. I don't have to bowl to him uh, at any stage, hopefully only in the net. Um, but yeah, look, he, he also obviously looking to make a statement, um, try to lead from the front as the ODI captain and one of the senior statesmen in the team. So yeah, let's hope he continues his good form. Fine, that, that first test and, and, and day one of the second really struggled against uh, the, the, the spin attack of, of the Indians. It, it's probably going to be another five days and essentially another ten days of, of much of the same. Where do you think the Proteas need to really focus in, in order to get the better of the, the Indian spin attack? Look, I think runs in the first innings is quite crucial. So whether we're batting first or you know, batting second in our, but that needs to be in our first innings. We need to post um, a substantial total. So the last test in Nagpur is quite crucial um, for us. Dashim getting a 250. I think Dale sent best test figures is in Nagpur. So unfortunately he's not playing, but in Nagpur. But guys have very fond memories of Nagpur. So hopefully, um, you know, that experience will pull them through. Uh, but yeah, the vital runs in the first innings uh, when they bat, I think is going to be the key for this test match. Thank you so much for joining us this evening here on SFM Sports Wrap. Uh, enjoy the rest of the KC Mini Cricket Series uh, against those youngsters. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the, the next five days of Test Cricket. I'm, I'm sure you're going to. Sure, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. On to some football now on SAFM Sports Wrap. In its quest uh, to rival the popularity of the English Premier League in Africa, the Spanish La Liga has opened an office here in Johannesburg and aims to partner with SAFA and the PSL in development programs. The president of La Liga, Javier Tebas, is leading the delegation here in South Africa and met with SAFA president Danny Jordan today and was scheduled to meet with the PSL chairman Irvin Causa later this afternoon. Part of the meeting with the PSL will be to finalize the details of the La Liga club's teams that will be visiting South Africa soon to play their PSL counterparts, according to Tebas.
Hemos venido a, a Johannesburgo a inaugurar nuestra We, we have come to Joburg in order to, to, to uh, open, to the official opening of our offices here in, in Africa. The Spanish Soccer League, La Liga, wants to be near, very close to our fans all around the world. Our African broadcasters here in Joburg. Uh, for us, it's quite important to be near to them and in order to, to grow uh, the Spanish Soccer League all around the world. We are going to have a meeting with the uh, Premier Soccer League of South Africa. We are looking for some agreements between the two leagues uh, to, to share some knowledge and to share some prizes in the future. In the short term, we want that some Spanish teams will uh, play here in South Africa in the event uh, called LFP World Challenge. Tebas was quick to announce that the mooted LFP World Challenge will be played here in South Africa and won't be featuring reigning European champions FC Barcelona and their arch-rivals Real Madrid. But this could also open the way for local teams playing other top teams like Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Valencia, uh, Atletico Bilbao, as well as other teams in La Liga. The teams that are coming here are all the teams apart from Real Madrid and Barcelona. We are talking about some Spanish like Atletico de Madrid, Atletico Bilbao, the teams from the first division in Spain, the Liga Bilbao. Why South Africa? Why want to be here? Uh, first of all, because it's a strategic place for us, because it's the door to the whole continent, to Africa, and because our broadcaster is here and he. The broadcaster broadcasts to 22 countries more or less in the whole continent, so it's quite important because the country is also growing very fast and we want to, to be with them here and to, to share uh, what we can with, uh, with this growth in the future. The Spanish League's opening of the office in South Africa is mainly to look at having closer access with the African market. They also plans to visit other countries on the continent like Nigeria, Mozambique, Angola and Tanzania. Tebas is hoping that during the off-season in 2016, the La Liga teams would be coming here to play their PSL counterparts. La Liga is going to be the main organizer of the, of the tour or the tournaments and the teams are coming here with the investment of La Liga and probably we'll, we'll see after the, this tour uh, in our meeting with the Premier Soccer League if we can reach an agreement with them in order to, to do this. Uh. Currently the English Premier League is the most watched league on the continent. It's followed closely by La Liga and then the local leagues. It's an important stat that Tebas says they want to change. The, the, the thing is that we want to gain popularity uh, in the country, so our teams uh, and us are working very hard in order to, to do that. Um, that's the reason why our, our teams uh, will come here. Are you hoping to rival English Pro League and be a bigger um, watched league in, in Africa than the EPL? <laughs> so, it's a world rivalry against uh, Premier. In some places they are uh, ahead of us, and in other places we are ahead. So you want to claim Africa? We believe we, we have to be closer to Africa, and that's the reason why we're here. The offices, which were opened yesterday, will also drive some important programs, and hopefully with regards to development, will link with SAFA and the PSL clubs. SAFA president Danny Jordan welcomed this move and is believed that it will boost the game, both at amateur and professional levels here in South Africa. A physical presence will strengthen the relationship uh, both between uh, South Africa Professional League and La Liga, and also strengthen our relationship with uh, Spanish football, you know. Spain came here, I remember, in that wonderful result for Bafana Bafana.
and our relationship with Spain has always been strong. And I think an office here and a physical presence helps to strengthen that relationship. And uh, of course, some of the most successful clubs in the world uh, playing in Spain. The dominance of the Champions League is known. The individual brilliance of the players there. Uh, and uh, from a developmental standpoint, uh, the examples of both Barcelona and Real Madrid academies are something certainly that we can uh, emulate and work with. I was with Antonio. I was with Antonio in uh, Jordan where he made a presentation of what the league actually is doing uh, and how they invest in strengthening the football and the development. Uh, and I told him that I'm happy that they are here so that we can partner them in, in, in strengthening the development drive of South African football. Uh, of course, also for our own players, they would like to get the opportunity. So I think uh, we will certainly welcome the strengthening of, of relationships. We're not all talk. Our playlist is pretty hot too. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I can just tell you news, Justin, if you're hoping to get yourself tickets for the Telcom Knockout Final, it's taking place on the 16th of December at the Moses Mabita Stadium in Durban. got bad news for you. It is sold out. Those tickets went on sale three hours later. They were gone. It's incredible. There are some hospitality packages still available through the stadium, though, but three hours to sell out the Moses Mabita Stadium. It's going to be a great game. Kaiser Chiefs up against Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, yeah, what a great way to end off the year. And some other football news for Manchester United. Good news. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Wayne Rooney, Anthony Marshall and uh, Morawan Fellaini have all been passed fit for their Champions League clash against PSV Eindhoven tomorrow night. Lots of action to look forward to in uh, the Champions League tonight. We'll have all those results for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live and then for the uh, SAFM Sports Wrap tomorrow evening at 6.30 as well. Don't forget if you'd like to reach out in the meantime, you can find us on social media. Just search for SAFM Radio uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Right now, though, coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop. Great host, though, has your news. Cheers.